This is Simply Meditation, an offering of Center for Self-Care, and your mindful coach, that's me, Mark Balser. Each week at 7.15 p.m. on Wednesday, we have an in-person guided meditation and short teaching at Balance for Life Yoga in Devon, Pennsylvania. Feel free to join us there or listen each week to our intro and guided practice or standalone guided practice. If you'd like to learn more, visit me at www.center4selfcare.com or email me at mark at centerforselfcare.com. Thank you and enjoy. If there's one thing that you take away tonight, I want you to remember that when you assume, you make an ass out of you and me. How could we not share that wisdom? Uh, You know, I think one of my favorite quotes is, who knows who said this, but be kind for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. Mm -hmm. And I I really like that uh, idea, particularly like thinking about this of, looking at possibility over probability because we're like we're programmed to look at probability and we've got like negativity bias and survival bias and all those things and i really enjoy particularly the driver that's driving poorly in front of me and i say oh you know it's probably just a old person and they're having a tough time seeing the road you know i, I shouldn't judge and then you pull up and it's you know you or me on their phone just like exactly what my probability mind would have predicted but then it turns into fun instead of anger so uh, a couple stories that i was checking out from ajahn brahm that i really liked Uh, he he tells the story about a father who's you know walking by his little boy's bedroom as he's saying his bedtime prayers and he says god bless mommy god bless daddy god bless grandma Goodbye, Grandpa. Dad's like, oh, it's kind of weird. Goodbye, Grandpa. Everybody else got blessed. So they go to bed, wake up the next morning. During the day, Dad gets a call. Grandpa died. It's like, what the hell? So next night, he's walking by his kid's bedroom. He says, God bless Mom. God bless Dad. Goodbye, Grandma. And the Dad's like, oh, no. Grandma's not going to die, is she? So next day, gets a call, grandma died. What the hell is going on here? Third night, the dad walks by his kid's door. God bless mom. Goodbye, dad. He's like, holy shit, what? I'm going to (laughs) die. So he spends the whole day. He's like, if I don't go outside, there's no way I'll die. No anvils are going to land on my head. So he goes up, he hides in the attic all day long. Gets to be like four or five o'clock at night. He's like, I made it. I'm not dead. I survived. I beat the system. So he goes downstairs and his wife is there. And he's like, I had the worst day. I was locked up in the attic. It was freezing cold. There was nothing to do. She says, you think you had a bad day? I opened the door and the milkman was dead on the front step. (laughs) Isn't that awesome? (laughs) Oh, man. (laughs) That's not the assumption I'm talking about, but still. You've heard this before, good news, bad news, who knows? This is Ajahn Brahm's version. 
And it's from a book called Don't Worry, Be Grumpy. It's just so great. <laughs> Think about these sentiments. A long time ago, a king was out hunting when he cut his finger. He summoned his doctor, who always accompanied him on the hunt, and the doctor put a bandage over the wound. Is it going to be all right? asked the king. Good news, bad news, who knows, replied the doctor, and they carried on hunting. By the time they had returned to the palace, the wound had become infected, and so the king summoned the doctor again. The doctor cleaned the wound, carefully applied some ointment, and then bandaged it. Are you sure it's going to be okay, asked the king, becoming concerned. Good news, bad news, who knows, replied the doctor again. The king became worried. The king's worry was confirmed when, in a few days, the finger was so badly infected that the doctor had to amputate it. The king was so furious with his incompetent doctor that he personally escorted him to the dungeon and threw him in a cell. Well, doctor, how do you like it being in jail? Being in prison, sire? Good news, bad news, who knows, replied the doctor with a shrug of his shoulders. You are insane as well as incompetent declared the king, and he departed. A few weeks later, when the wound had healed, the king was out hunting again. Chasing an animal, he became separated from the others and ended up lost in the forest. Wandering in the woods, he was captured by the indigenous forest people. It was their holy day, and they had found a sacrifice for their jungle god. They tied the king to a large tree, and their priests began chanting and dancing as the forest people sharpened the sacrificial knife. The priest took the blade and was about to cut the king's throat when he shouted, Stop! This man has only nine fingers. He's not perfect enough to sacrifice to our god. Set him free. In a few days, the king found his way back to his palace and went straight to the dungeon to say thank you to the wise doctor. I thought you were stupid saying all this good news, bad news, who knows nonsense. Now I know you were right. Losing my finger was good. It saved my life. But it was bad of me to lock you in jail. I'm sorry. What do you mean, sire? Had you not put me in jail, I would have been there with you on the hunt. And I would have been captured too. And I have all my fingers. So there's our, there's our assumption. I wrote this a couple of years ago when I was doing a talk on generosity, that generosity can also be very humbling. And so I'm talking about this concept of generosity of assumption, which is our theme today. I ask myself if I can defer judgment in a situation and instead bring curiosity. It is rare that someone hurts or insults me just for fun. Instead, it is often the result of some challenge or unhappiness in their own life. It isn't about me. And that's my wife talking because that's all she ever says. It's not about you. In our current political environment, the generosity of assumption is ever so critical. We all have different opinions and our support of a particular party or politician doesn't represent all that we are. Brene Brown writes about this in Rising Strong. She suggests a way of relating where you extend the most generous interpretation possible to the intentions, words, and actions of others. This isn't to say that you become soft and flaky. It's more of a recognition that we are all coming from different experiences that inform our behavior. Our assumptions about others are more based in our own habitual way of responding to others, and through exploration, we might approach a clarity that is based on our present moment experience. We can actually be more discerning and even choose not to relate to certain people 
when our full facility suggested isn't safe. And that's, she only talks about it for four or five pages or so. You had mentioned it last week. But her big kind of missing link is boundaries. That we make generous assumptions about people, but we also make sure we're not getting taken advantage of over and over and over in the same way. So I like what she has to say. Uh, so our meditation today, which we might as well start doing, is uh, from something called The Work. You ever heard of The Work? The teacher is Byron Katie, and it's kind of an investigating our assumptions practice. So we'll start with a little uh, breath focus practice, and then I'm going to invite you to uh, think of a situation and kind of fill in the blanks of uh, one of these people or situations where you might have made assumptions. And then we apply some questions to it. And ultimately, in her practice, there's a reframing that takes place of how could we state this differently. We won't do a whole lot of that reframing, but it is kind of fun to answer your own question. And you know, basically, you don't even have to answer the question because you're like, oh, wait, I got to let go of that a little bit. Sound good? Mm-hmm. Great. Just taking a moment. We've been uh, talking for a while, or at least I have been. Might find some silence in our experience and stillness. Relaxing the shoulders and back. Lengthening the breath. And slowly becoming aware of what's happening right now. Sensing what the body feels like. Tapping into the quality of the mind and the heart. Draw your attention to the rhythm of the breath. might draw the breath in to a count of four and then exhale to a count of four. Breathing in, two, three, four, and out, two, three, four. In and out. And continuing with this breath for several cycles. Should you find yourself distracted, just come back to the sensation of breath in the body. Breathing in and breathing out. 
and keeping the sensation of breath, but allowing it to fade into the background. And we'll take the next two or three minutes to recall a difficult or stressful situation that might have happened recently. It might be helpful for this situation to have involved one other person in disagreement or conflict. And to the extent it feels safe, bring yourself back to that time and place. Letting a scene play out in your mind as you recall conversations or actions. Recalling the emotions and even the sensations you felt in the body. As you recall the situation, who created these emotions for you? Who angers or confuses you? Who saddens or disappoints you in this scenario? See if you can recall the story you might have been telling yourself in this situation. Sitting with the experience best you can, perhaps coming to the back to the breath every now and then. And now seeing if you might complete a sentence. It would start, I am angry or sad or mad with blank because blank. So filling in that first blank with an emotion, the second blank with a person, and the third blank because of of reason. I am upset with this person because of this reason. You might even repeat this phrase silently in your mind. What thought or judgment did you have in that moment? And then we'll apply the questions from the work. As you reflect on this statement, ask yourself, is it true? Is this statement true?
Is it true? And your response might be, no, it's not true. Or perhaps you're pretty sure it's true, or you don't know. And in that case, you might ask yourself, can you absolutely know that it's true? The third question, how do you react? What happens when you find yourself believing this thought? What emotions do you experience? What secondary emotions come out of it? When you believe a thought such as this, how do you experience it in your body? Where do you experience it in your body? How do you react when you believe this thought? Does it trigger memories? Does it trigger a jealousy or doubt? And finally, who or what would you be without the thought? How might it be different? As you rest with what arises, you might connect back with the breath. And beginning to reframe that initial statement that you created. Is there a way to turn that thought around and rewrite it in a different way? Bringing a generosity of assumption to this new thought. And in these final minutes, you might consider if you've noticed a shift. What's changed? How have you viewed the situation differently? And sit with that shift.
noting if you feel an openness or a lightness as the door to possibility opens. And if you found a new statement, consider how that one is as true or perhaps truer than the first statement. And in this last minute, you might draw the breath deeper. Returning back from that time and place to now. And bringing any insight or wisdom you might have gained as you continue with your day and life.